Well, welcome to Before You Go. I'm Bryant Monte. And I'm Nicole Franklin. Today we're coming to you at a time when mass shootings are happening far too often, weekly, if not multiple times per week, in the United States. We recently visited with Mother Doyle in Buffalo, New York, to get the first-hand account of the events that tragically shook a community and made international headlines. And we want to take this time to follow up with Eva Doyle, known as Mother Doyle, to see how she's doing, to see how the community is doing. And just to recap, a white male teenage shooter dressed in tactical gear entered Topps Supermarket on a Saturday afternoon for the purpose of gunning down as many black people as he could. And he did. Ten people inside and outside were fatally wounded. And Mother Doyle, a columnist for Western New York's oldest black newspaper, the Buffalo Criterion, has an update. Uh, welcome, yes. Mother Doyle. Welcome. Yes. Well, uh, uh, thank you uh, for inviting me again uh, to be on your program. Yes. Uh, a lot has mm. happened mm. since the last time we spoke. We're still reeling from that um, terrorist domestic terrorist attack. That's what a lot of people are calling in our community when the 18-year-old white supremacist drove over three hours to Buffalo to mm -hmm. kill, as, and that was his intention, to kill as many black people as he could. And he started with the top supermarket located in the heart of the black community here in Buffalo. He did, he did kill 10 innocent citizens. And I wrote an article after that, and I said, these people were the best of us. They were good people, hardworking people, church-going people, community-minded, and he injured three others who are still recovering from their wounds. Oh, wow. And it left our community shaken. Mm -hmm. and we're still trying to get over. And, of course, you know, the president came, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, came in the aftermath of this and the vice president Kamala Harris, she uh, attended one of the services mm -hmm. for one of the victims here who was 86 year old mother mm. of Gurnell Whitfield, who was a retired firefighter and a commissioner in our city. And, and um, we've had um, Mr. Whitfield and some of the other family members, they have spoken before Congress. Mm -hmm. And that was shown all over the country, um, talking about this madness and pleading for some sensible gun controls, especially with these weapons like the shooting AR-15 and all these assault weapons. So they have made their voices clear mm -hmm. before Congress and before hundreds of thousands of people in Washington. So that's one thing that's happened. The other thing that's happened is that we had a visit from the U.S. attorney. Oh, good. Who mm -hmm. came to Buffalo. Uh, U.S. attorney Merrick Garland. Yes. Came to Buffalo and um, has um, indicated that charges would um, be against the perpetrator and may they may result 
in the death penalty on the federal level. Okay. Now, uh, I was just reading a couple of days ago that the white supremacist mass murderer, he faces 26 federal charges, Good. including 10 counts of hate crime for each of the 10 people he murdered. Mm-hmm. A crime that we would be eligible for the death penalty, and the charges were announced by the U.S. US attorney when he came to Buffalo. So that's one thing that's occurred. Now, some of the family members have attended two of the previous uh, court hearings, and it was very emotional, very emotional. for. And he showed no remorse. Yes. Some of them are very, very stricken by that. And they spoke on that after the court proceeding. Yeah, I'm sure now, he, also, Mother Dredas wanted to say, I'm sure that he's probably, um, well, he probably did not think of the aftermath of his actions. So this is probably no. where he is. And um, it would be nice for him to show some remorse. But um, mm-hmm. I am very mm-hmm. interested in this judgment because I think as this keeps on happening, especially yes. in the U.S., Will he be used as an example or somebody shut this down? <laughs> because it's becoming mm-hmm. common to see yes. um, young men in this age range, um, white supremacist. This is becoming uh, far too common. Um, has the community been discussing that? Yes, people have been talking about it. One of the things um, that's happened is that this occurred on one of the main streets in Buffalo, Jefferson Avenue. Right. And there has been daily marches, and people are still coming to the site of the murder. There, um, uh, The flowers and the portraits of all the people that were killed are still there. But I think some things are beginning to take hold of the community and I'm hoping that with some of the controversies that have just occurred in the last couple of weeks, that we don't forget mm-hmm. the people who were murdered, right. that we don't forget. This occurred on May 14th. So on June the 14th, we that was the we had an observance of the one month uh, anniversary of this killing. Oh, and then, you know, that. Um, June the 19th and the 20th, we had a major Juneteenth celebration. The first one since the pandemic, because the last two were virtual. So the community was just ready to come out, Mm -hmm. to come together in unity and peace Mm -hmm. after this awful thing, because we had not had that opportunity before. Yes. And Juneteenth, we, we, we have the third largest Juneteenth celebration in the country, 47. This was the 47th year. So wow. people were just excited. But they, they didn't want to forget, although they were celebrating Juneteenth, the message was, we will not forget. Did you get a chance to attend some of the memorial services? There were 10 people. So. Well, there was one funeral I went to. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to all of them. The mm-hmm. one funeral I went to was Catherine Massey, known yes. in our city as Cat Massey. She was a fellow journalist, a fellow, a fellow community activist and writer and so on. 
and she was very active in pushing against illegal guns and the transportation of illegal guns. Mm -hmm. That was one of her main things she spoke about, about. So I knew her personally. And so I went to her funeral and uh, and the church was packed. There were hundreds of people. Even Dr. Benjamin Chavis mm. came, well-known wow. civil rights leader. He came to pay tribute to her personally. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of uh, city and state officials. Reverend Errol Sharpton spoke. She was very well-known. Mm-hmm. So after the funeral, I decided to take a ride down. I had not been down Jefferson Avenue mm. since the awful shooting. And I said, you know what, I've got to go down. But it was very emotional for me. It was my first time after the funeral of Catherine Massey. And as I rode down Jefferson, I mean, there were so many people. People were having prayers in front of the uh, sites of, of the pictures and the flowers. People were still laying flowers. People were still coming together. People, there were tears, and it was very hard for me mm-hmm. to just drive down the street. But even a few weeks after that, I would say about maybe three weeks after that, people are still on Jefferson. Yeah. The crowds may not be as big as they were in the beginning, but people are still coming. And they're coming from all communities. Mm-hmm. All, and even people are coming from other cities. Mm-hmm. Other cities. I'm just curious, what are people saying when they gather together, when they get together? What are they saying? What are they talking about? Well, there was one lady who had a sign, and she said, because usually people always say thoughts and prayers are with you, thoughts and prayers. And she made these signs, and she put them, several of them, around all of the uh, memorials, and it said, thoughts and prayers are fine, but we need action. Yes. We need action. We need something to happen mm-hmm. against these assault weapons. And this is where, uh, when they interview people, a lot of people were voicing that same kind of sentiment. And we appreciate the thoughts and prayers, but let, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. So people are still remembering. They're still coming, still laying the flowers. But then the other problem we have now, you know, I don't know if you, you're, you're in Los Angeles, well, if you're in Buffalo, we we have in Buffalo as we get closer to the fall and the winter, we have we're known for inclement weather. Right. Buffalo's weather can change in a minute. We're, right now it's nice. It's summer. It's warm. Whatever. Good. The concern is that as we get closer to the fall and winter, we have to come up with a permanent memorial. Yes. For the people who were killed. Yes. What would that look Finally, like? Well, that's that's the, that's the question. This is the mm-hmm. question now. Mm-hmm. What is that going to look like? And there is controversy over that. Now, our mayor has um, said that what he would do, he is proposing, he, uh, he may be doing it already, he is going to appoint a committee of people. Mm-hmm. And in that committee of people will, will be the, member, the family members who were killed and injured. And then he will also appoint some other community people to get some ideas of what that's going to look like. Now, in our local papers, we have um, two black newspapers in Buffalo, the Criterion, which I write for, and we have the Challenger. And I'm reading all these articles the past couple of weeks, and some people 
they want Tashigu torn down completely. Yes. They want to have sure. a memorial park right. or something like that. Now, this is what some people are saying. This is just a few voices. Mm-hmm. Some want a permanent memorial, and some, and and they don't want the store torn down. The mayor has talked with the president of TAPS, and um, they have agreed that they're going to try to open TAPS at the end of this month. Hmm. Now, I rode down Jefferson one day. I was going somewhere, and I happened to look to see where TAPS was. It's a completely new front. Okay. It doesn't look the same, so they have changed the exterior. Mm -hmm. And from all articles I read, some of the former employees have gone into the store they to see what it looks like, and they say it looks completely different. Oh. But you have some division. Some say they're, they, they're willing to go back to work, and then some say they don't think they're going back. They're not ready. So you have that. So you have the controversy about the memorial. Mm-hmm. Where will it be? What will it look like? When will it be put up? Mm-hmm. I say... It should be done before the end of the summer because we start going into the fall and the winter months. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen in that regard. Well, I appreciate the um, corporate, you know, stepping in and making those decorative changes so that people, you know, can have some sense of peace. But that's hard. I mean, yes, it, it, it's so it's soon. Hard. I mean, time usually helps and heals, but. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. What do you think, well, Bryant? <laughs> about I just you, don't you know, think you could uh, take away the that inner feeling that you get when you go into a store where all that happened. You know. Yes. Uh, how do you get back this to business as usual? This is what people are saying. You, you know, you really don't get back to business as usual. Um, and that, that's a hard one. Yes. I know Tops wants to keep the revenue going and it's business, but it's also community. It's about people. It's about the lives that were lost. Some of these things, I'm sure, well, you know, I, I, has you to know, have a lot of sensitivity. I'm going to say this. You know. mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the number. I don't think that's the number one thing that a lot of community people are feeling oh. from the conversations I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tops wants to look at their profit thing, but the community only has one supermarket. Right. Okay. That supermarket was in the heart of our community, and it was and it was in the couple. Streets over from where you have a lot of seniors who shop there. They could just walk there. People didn't have transportation. It was very convenient. So now there's a difficulty. Now what's happened, we've got hundreds and hundreds of people have come to bring food. There's been all kinds of food giveaways. Tops has supplied a a shuttle bus Mm. for people at certain times of the day where they could take the shuttle bus to the other Tops markets, which are a little ways from where we live, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of them are in the white community, so people can go there and shop. But it's a uh, limited times and hours, okay. But the most important thing is people want a supermarket there. Now, um, the mayor said there were 87, no, 86 employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of the 86 employees, about half of them indicated that they don't know whether or not they will feel comfortable going back. Mm-hmm. Even if it's redesigned. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and from what I see from the outside, it looks so different. But people still remember what happened. If they were in that store. Yes. When that gunman came in there, 
yeah. and shooting down people. They were they were hearing screams. I can imagine shots being fired. They were seeing blood spilled on the floor. Mm-hmm. How do you get over that? And and we shouldn't now, ask them to a, get over that as well. We shouldn't ask right. people to get over it. You know. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. It, it, and Go it's, it's going to be hard. You know, even me was I was a um, a regular shopper there. Um, I didn't shop every Saturday, but most Saturdays. But I had transportation and I had resources and I could go anywhere in the city to shop. But I shopped there because I wanted to see the store maintained there for the surrounding communities, not Mm -hmm. something I had to do. I was asked this on a recent television show. I was on a television show about three weeks ago and they uh, asked me, I said, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I would feel comfortable going there. But what I would propose, and I did this during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I didn't go shopping in anywhere. I stayed home. I shopped online. Tops had an online shopping service. Ah, now I like so that. So I used that. Yeah. Now so that's I was able thinking. to keep, so that's what I'm thinking I would do. Mm-hmm. I would do that just to help the store stay there. Yes. This is me. I don't know about other folks. I did hear somebody else say that too. Because mm-hmm. it's going to take me a while, personally, yeah. to feel comfortable walking in the store and remembering. And you know, some people were shot down in the parking lot. Right. And I recall I would come out of the store with a cart full of groceries and, and, and I would be in my, uh, get a young person to help me put my. And it would take me a while for them to put everything in the trunk of my car. So, and I know people did that. And let's remind people, you were you were supposed to be there that day. Let's remind our audience. Supposed, yes. You were supposed yes, to be I shopping, to be, but you had I a was detour. supposed to be there because I usually, at about the same time, about 2 or 2.30 in the afternoon, when that shooting happened, I was supposed to be there, but I had a change of plans. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, you know, instead of going shopping at Tops today, I'm going to go to the cleaners, Hobson's Cleaners, very very well-known cleaners. I had clothes there that I needed to pick up, so I'm going to do that. And then my phone was ringing off the hook, and my mm-hmm. children, grands calling me, and I didn't know what they wanted. And they they wanted to know, are you at Tops? Mm-hmm. I said, no, why are you calling me? They said, did you hear about the mass shooting? See, I hadn't heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they told me about it, and it really made me nervous. It could have been me. But, you know, a lot of people have been saying that uh, it could have been me. I was going to go pick up a loaf of bread or, or a quart of juice or something. It could have been me. It could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. But God, I think, really was with me that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's 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 been a very stressful situation it still is stressful and i know you're a writer i mean you you've written a lot how has this inspired you or re-inspired you and what are you writing about now well i i um i'm i'm looking at an article right now that i wrote entitled uh reflections of what is next after the mass shooting at top supermarket that's the title Okay. And the first paragraph, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Many people are probably asking the same question after the mass shooting. At Tops, we have witnessed hundreds of people descending on Jefferson with flowers and condolences and prayers and food and so on. All the 
well-known politicians and leaders from around the country. But I go down a little further and I say, we all know that it will take time. Healing will take time. Mm -hmm. We must find the strength to go on as we are still asking the question, what next? That was the article. It's quite a lengthy article. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I call the names of all the. Don't forget, I call the names of those who were killed and those three who were injured. Mm-hmm. Never forget. That was my last paragraph. Never forget for sure. You've been Never writing. Forget. You've been writing for forty-four or forty-five years now for the Buffalo. Well, my Criteria. my column. I write two columns, but the most popular oh. column is Eye on History. That's that's the one everybody knows me by. That one is 44 years old. Never um, missed a week. Oh. Being published, and also it's been published in some national newspapers along the way. That's but that's terrific. the one. That's terrific. And so I, you're recording history as it's happening now. I mean, like people 50 years from now are going to be reading your column about this incident. Yes. How, how does that weigh on you as a historian? You're also a historian in addition to a writer. I, I'm a historian. It, it it does because in some of my articles I have reflected a lot of people. We, we know that this killer was motivated by hate. We yes. know that he was motivated by racism and this whole idea of the white supremacist theory that black folks would replace white folks, which is totally ridiculous. So mm-hmm. when I write, and I, 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 one of my columns, I said, it's good that the people are coming from everywhere, hundreds of people coming and having prayers and thoughts, but I don't want people to forget this. Mm-hmm. Do not forget what motivated this white supremacist racist mm-hmm. was hatred of black folks. Racism. He was radicalized by all of these different hate groups. Let's not let's not lose hold of that, mm-hmm. because Buffalo. If you go back historically in the city of Buffalo in Western New York, we have been dealing with racism for many many years. Mm-hmm. So I use my column to remind people of that. Some people may not be aware. You know, uh, you might have heard of the 22 caliber killer. Mm-hmm. In the 1980s, we had a white male, young white male, hmm. came to Buffalo and used a 22 caliber sawed-off rifle and killed 12 black males and one Hispanic in the 1980s, and he cut out the heart mm-hmm. of a black man, a black cab driver, and this community was in fear so a lot of the younger people they might not know about that so i i remind people of this history we are still in the grips of a lot of racism we must know the history we right. must understand that and the other thing from the 1940s all the way up to the 2000s we were the seat of the Ku Klux Klan right here in Buffalo. I've done many articles on that. A lot of people don't know that. So I, I guess I can, I can say this. When I write these articles in the car, I think that's one of the reasons that the column is so popular. I remind people of that history. 
you are in Buffalo, New York, which has yeah. um, a huge neighbor in Canada. Canadians, it seems like, want mm -hmm. to say this is not familiar to us. I mean, they've had a few high-profile terrorist acts. Uh, clearly, we have had many, many more. But any yes. sense of how your Canadian neighbors are reacting and helping even that maybe we haven't heard about? Well, they're, they're, I think they're re reacting like a lot of people around the country. They're, they're certainly um, sending their concerns and uh, whatever they can do to help. We also must remember that in Canada, they, they have their own racial problems. Yes. Uh, they're not <laughs> they clear do. of this. I think right now, I agree. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, don't let me go there. Uh, uh, I think right now people, uh, uh, we're, we have a big concern because, you know, we're, we're right on the border, yes. uh, the Canadian border. I think I hear some of our leading politicians talking more about being upset with Canada because of the restrictions regarding COVID. That's oh. taking over a lot of the conversation. Okay. They're concerned about all this restrictions of going across the border and that kind of thing. I just heard that this morning. Hmm. So we get caught, we we get caught up in all these other things, mm -hmm. and we kind of lose track hmm. of what has. I think I don't think we have lost track, but we're losing track of what has happened. Oh. And so I'm one of those people. I guess I would call I'm a I'm a reminder yes. of this. Uh, you know, because when I talked about the Klan. Um, when they were trying, they had people called Kleagles. Kleagles were recruiters to the Klan, and they even went up into Canada to recruit people. And all, all of this is documented. I, I never write. That's not one thing I tell people all the time. I never write or speak or lecture about anything that I cannot document. Oh, that's very important. That is. That so, is. And it's interesting because we can't we can't forget that um, Western New York was a major major part of the Underground Railroad, where fugitive slaves would come through this part, and they would be seeking refuge in Canada. Mm -hmm. They were being followed by bounty hunters seeking to bring them back. But even when and and we know the story of Harry Tubman and those people who went across into Canada. But see, but even some were bold enough to try to cross over to Canada mm -hmm. to take slaves back. So there's a whole history there. Oh, for sure. But, um, and there's some other controversies. There's a couple other controversies that are, that's, that's just came to light in the past three weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, millions of dollars have been raised to help the victims of the Tops massacre. We have a major football team here, and the Buffalo Bills and the um, Buffalo Sabres hockey team. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, the Buffalo Bills and the, the NFL commissioner, they came to Buffalo, and they came to the top site, and mm. they gave, donated food, and they donate, donated millions of dollars Good. to help the, the uh, survivors. Now, and, and other organizations as well. Now, there's a controversy as to, okay, now, when will the money be disseminated? Right. There uh, has been a, com a, com a commission established 
mm-hmm. to handle the money to decide who gets what and when. And some of the articles I have read say that this money, that this commission is over, will not be disseminated until October. Now, that's upsetting some folks. That's truly upsetting. Why are we waiting till October? This is a question that the community, as a matter of fact, many people are, are so upset of, over the slowness of this money that's coming in to help people. And, and there's going to be a town hall meeting Good. for people to come and voice their opposition to the fact that this money is not being disseminated the way it should be. For five months. Because the people, it's five months. The people need help. Yeah. Absolutely. They need it now. Right. I just I always wonder who are these committee people because when you start bringing in money to a city to an area, and I think we talked about that the last interview. Um, well, wh- where does it where does this go? And this that's the frustrating part of this. Uh, of course, time first, that, that helps is what, in the healing, but also resources helps in healing the community as well. Because without tops, it sounds like it's a food desert in that area. And that's something that should be addressed as well. If people don't have transportation and if tops were to close down or they had no yeah. access, what's coming in the area to service the community as well as the survivors, as well as the everyone else in the community? You know? Let me go back to the term. The food desert term has been rejected by many people in our community. They oh. rejected that. They're, rather than saying food desert, they're saying food apartheid because there's been so much separation in this community from resources, from investment, from so many things that should have happened years ago. Now, we do have supermarkets, let me be clear. Mm -hmm. We have a supermarket, um, we have an Aldi's, we have a a supermarket, a -a Save-A-Lot, we have two Save-A-Lots, but the problem is transportation, Transportation, getting the people to those places. So it's not like we don't have supermarkets. Tops was just so much in convenience and so mm-hmm. close to people. Now, you could walk. Mm-hmm. People could walk there. And you have to okay. remember, you got a lot of seniors. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Reverend Al Sharpton came down, he spoke at a lot of the um, funerals. And the one thing he kept saying, and he said it more than one time, why? We we have uh, we're going to have a new football stadium built and it's like a billion dollars or something like that. Right. He said you put all that money in this. He said why do you only have one supermarket? Mm-hmm. Now he kept raising that question, but nobody I haven't heard anybody really answer him. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. do you have only one supermarket in the heart of a black? community. Now, it's not that people are not trying. It's not that people are not helping. But I, I'll give you the story of one young lady who I know her personally. She was a, um, uh, a cashier at Taps. Her daughter was also there. So mm-hmm. when the shooting stopped, they ran and they ran. Uh, she grabbed her daughter and they ran. The only way they got out, they had to go through the back. They went through the freezer right. and they just barely missed being killed. Now, she was interviewed recently and she said, it's nice. She said, I appreciate the donations. I appreciate people coming down and giving what they can. She said, but why can't we have, uh, why can't Tops give us a, a discount uh, card or something where we could go 
online and shop for what we really want or need, what we really need. You know, if somebody gives you a bag of food or mm-hmm. whatever they give you, maybe you, you you may be able to eat use some of it, but maybe there's some things missing that you need. Okay. The people need toiletries before, besides food. Right. Women yeah. need personal items besides food. Mm-hmm. So she said, give us a card. Let us go give us a certain amount of money to spend and let us go because Tops does have an online shopping service as I said before and we can shop for the things that we really need for our family. That that was her idea Mm -hmm. because she's not working now. A lot of people aren't working. Now Tops was was giving um, paying people. I don't know if they're still doing it. They were still giving paychecks. Okay. But, um, that's generous. Now, here, 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 here's an article. I'm looking at this article. And this was in another paper. Mm-hmm. Survivors of racist terror. Two people share their story. What about the other survivors? There are many inside who were inside tops on May 14th, right. um, possibly being killed based on the color of their skin, but who may not be on anyone's official list for compensation and help. Hmm. So you have a whole group of people who feel like, you know, I just went in touch. I dropped my wallet. I dropped this. I spent $100 or whatever, and I had to run, right. and I never got my money back. Who's going to compensate me for that? This is what pe- some people are saying now. Not everybody. Well, they're justified. Now, if we, let's just say if we zoomed out uh, from Buffalo and look at the country as a whole, I mean, this is happening too regular. And a lot of times yes. the shooter are these 20-something-year-olds. Well, or uh, younger. White kids. Yes. You know, that, that have access to guns that, um, I mean, they shoot semi-automatic rounds, AR-15s. Yes. And, and I just think, what are we doing as a country to alleviate this? I mean, this is constant. Not enough. This is, I mean, just recently Not in Illinois. Yes. At a 4th of July parade. That. Highland Park, I mean. And the, at night, 4th of July night in New York. In New York, in Philadelphia. Kind of, things were popping you know? off. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the, the, the yeah. now they're saying that he's the person in the Highland Park, which is a, was a suburban, I believe, area. It's suburb, Now, yes. the, the last report I heard this morning was that his father made it possible for him to purchase this gun he used to shoot those people in the July 4th parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, legal, it was legal, but her father was behind the. See, that's a that's a to me that's a big problem. Either their parents have the guns, or they have them somewhere. They make it available. Um, they encourage. I think they to me they encourage it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these young people, they grow up with guns uh, in the home. They have the displays. So uh, it, I think we just have a gun culture in this country. We do have a gun culture, but who who decides that it's right for people to turn a gun on another person in a terrorist fashion to go against ideologies, yes. knock people down because of prejudice, and you know eliminate yeah. them? And it's not just racial. It's not just if you know a lot of people have been armed because of the Jewish faith, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had uh, attacks uh, in their community. Uh, Asians have been attacked, mostly physically, 
But it's just this whole thing against anybody who's not white. Right. <laughs> they, they, they're looking at these people with the thing that these people don't need to be here. We need to annihilate these folks in some manner because white is right. Hmm. We yeah. are the superior race. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's Max of the same kind of ideology that uh, Hitler believed in. Yeah. Right. So I think unless we can begin to get a hold of these young people's minds, you know, one, you, you, this, this has gone national. You probably read one of the, uh, the young people, Zaire Goodman, you know, he, he was a, a shooting. He survived. He was shot in the neck, mm-hmm. and then the bullet went through, I think, his back or whatever. And um, his mother spoke before Congress and, and also in Washington. And, and he requested books on black history, mm-hmm. um, books uh, that would talk about racism for young people. And just a couple of weeks ago, well, actually a little more than a couple of weeks ago, they got 10,000 books. People wow. all over the country sent him books on black history and so forth. So she gathered up all the books. They got a, a rental truck, and they put all these 10, they, they were all in boxes. Some came from Amazon, and folks just sent them books from every, every which way. So they... um got a, a, a rental truck and they took the books to a local college and the college is going to disseminate the books into the schools nice. all around Western New York and the community centers. And that's, that's fine and good. But I hope that the schools and the teachers will encourage the young people to read the books. Now, there's another major controversy that just came out about, I would say, three and a half weeks ago. We are known here in the African-American community as the East Side. Yes. People don't want to be known as the East Side of Buffalo anymore. Some people, I'm not saying everybody. Okay. Instead of saying East Side, they want us to be known as East Buffalo, like we have South Mm -hmm. Buffalo, we have North Buffalo uh, because we've had so much negativity and uh, going, and we want to change that image. So in order, let's not say East Side anymore. Let's say East Buffalo. Now I'm getting ready to write an article. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers. Okay. But a good journalist is going to put it out there. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this. Let's if they change the name and they say. East Buffalo, we've got to change the conditions of the community. You can change the name all you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you something that's happened that's been very sad since the um, the shootings at Tops. Now, during that whole time when when people were uh, devastated and people were mourning and grieving and the funerals were happening, we didn't have one killing. In Buff, in the city in, uh, of Buffalo, in the inner city, we didn't have, wow. you know, before that we had a lot of shootings, both just shooting, black on black shootings. Mm. But during that, so it was peaceful. Mm. In the last month, just about every week, we've had killings. We had one was so devastating. We had uh, 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 three or four young men. They stopped the traffic on a major highway. Hmm. 
and shattered each other out of the window, and one person died. Oh, no. Then we oh. had another shooting not far from our main downtown area. The street party at 3 o'clock in the morning. Somebody pulled out a gun, and three people got shot. One was a woman. Mm -hmm. One died. Mm -hmm. Okay, those kinds of things have resumed. Yeah. All of these shootings are with illegal guns. Mm -hmm. People are dying. Yes. We... We 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 can't we can't if we change the name, let's deal with the the killings, black on black killing. Mm -hmm. We got to deal with that. Does changing the name mean you're a new municipality and that you have your own governance and police force? No. Okay. To be fair, maybe they have that in mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but nobody has explained. That's a good question. <laughs> Well, but I don't think so, to be honest with you, given yeah. the history of the things I've seen. We we need uh, national healing for this whole country. That's what we need. Yes. Come, come back to God. We need to come back. Thank you again for joining us. Yes, there's so much going on. Uh, my message is we must speak on one accord because the same unity mm -hmm. we saw at the Juneteenth Festival, that's what we need right now. Amen. Well, Mother Doyle, we thank you so much for spending time with us again. And please give our best to your neighbors, and we wish the best for you as well. Yes, please follow Mother Doyle's columns at evamdoyle.com. And be sure to visit us for updates on this story at beforeyougo.tv. That's beforeyougo.tv. And before we go, let's take the time to reach out to those near and dear to us. In fact, let's do that today. There's no time like the present. What, what a, a gift. gift.